recording the Wizards after dark, after a game when the Wizards, like, played really well. Everyone, I thought, especially offensively, they contributed really well. They had a really nice defensive second half, I thought, against New Orleans, who was missing Anthony Davis, but still has talent and plays fast and scores a lot of points. And the Wizards won, 124-114. I'm Fred Katz. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic, and uh, I'm the host of Wizards After Dark. Some quick numbers before I introduce my guest. Otto Porter had a season-high 29 points, 12-15 shooting, 3 or 4 from 3. He was on fire, and he was killing it in transition and really played well. Bradley Beal had 18, 6 boards, 8 assists. John Wall, 22, 7 boards, 8 assists. Uh, Austin Rivers had a season-high tying, 18 off the bench. Marquise Morris had 15 and 9 off the bench. I mean... It was really a team win. Oubre had 12. The Wizards shot 57% from the field. They made 10 threes. They missed the free throws. They could have won by more. I'm recording on Skype today. I've got, uh, you guys might remember him. I had uh, Michele on a previous podcast when I did that piece on passing analytics over at The Athletic. We can still go back and read that piece if you like about passing accuracy out to three-point shooters. And I've got from Chartside, the wonderful analytics company, Michele Berra. Hey, man. Uh, I'm totally taking the credit for this win um, for no reason, obviously. And I, I must say, uh, I was impressed about how the Wizard um, handled business in the second half, especially defensively, because they, uh, as you said, I mean, they really turned on something in the second half. They were, after the first few minutes, um, Scott Brooks calls a timeout. And since then, uh, it was probably like nine minutes to go in the third. Uh, the defense changed. Uh, it was Oubre uh, playing the passing lane. Um, it was all the guys like um, Bryant, uh, especially, um, doing a good job battling the paint. And then the guards really played uh, on defense. And so the, I, I think that was the um, the main point uh, of this game. And yes, Austin Rivers w- was great down the stretch. Let's let's talk Thomas Bryant. On a night that John Wall, Markeith Morris, Bradley Beal, Austin Rivers, Otto Porter, Kelly Oubre all play really well. Let's talk about Thomas Bryant. Let's let's make him the first guy that we talk about. <laughs> Tom, Thomas Bryant might be good. Like I'm yeah. not saying I'm not saying Thomas Bryant is great, but Thomas Bryant was a second round pick who got waived after his rookie year by the Lakers, and in a season that has been disastrous so far in the seven and twelve start, and with all the off the court drama and the bickering in the locker room and all that stuff, Thomas Bryant like is a nice little injection of positivity for this team. He plays really hard. He plays enthusiastically. He's made really nice plays around the rim. He runs the floor. I mean, Brooks talks about this, and he's right. There are times where Thomas Bryant is stuffing a guy at the rim, and then he's the first guy back, like with John Wall, running back on the other end. That's really rare for a big. He runs the floor really well, and he's getting opportunities in transition because of it. He moves his feet pretty well. He stretches out to the three-point line, though the Wizards haven't really... Uh, taking advantage of of that with him, I think they're they gotta work on their positioning with that. But they can put him around the perimeter more offensively. I don't know. I think I think they kind of found something here. They he was on the waiver wire and he's twenty one years old, whatever he is. That's that's a nice little injection of positivity. Let's be let's be positive right now because there's been so much negativity on this podcast. 
Well, I, I mean, I think um, he's he's quite young, twenty, like twenty one, um, same age as. Um, uh, now I was thinking to a name and then I completely forgot it. But anyway, uh, it's <laughs> it's quite. Else is 21. Yeah, someone else is, should be twenty one. Someone else um, it surely is. So, um, like. He has two or three things that I really like. Um, one is he has a good touch. Um, you can see that he can uh, he can develop into a guy that, with given space, like he did in Toronto um, yesterday, uh, if you give him space, he could hit a tree, which is extremely important, especially if you don't have like a ton of post moves uh, and it, it doesn't seem to have those. Um, he's Vertical is able to be vertical. Now he's not that effective as a post defender yet because A, he's extremely young. B, it's extremely hard to be, um, a solid post defender when you are a rookie or close to that. Um, and any runs, uh, as you said, like sometimes he's the first on offense and the first back on defense. This for a team that like it's not excellent in terms of uh, transition defense to say the least it's so important because you have a big guy uh, that runs the floor extremely hard every time in both directions and he is with the team uh, uh he's one of the first uh, back in uh, on defense and so i really like those three things and there is the making of a guy that can be uh, productive. How much? It depends how good it will be in, in the other little things. Like, would he, is he going to be able to, to hold his own uh, on a switch? Is he going to make good screens? He's not a bad screener, but uh, like to be a great screener, uh, I don't know. So there are positive things to like. Uh, we'll see how he develops. Here's, here's an interesting thing with him. He's not the best big on the roster. He's not as good as Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard is, st- is still – he's been good for them this year when he's been healthy. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's been good. He hasn't really posted up that much. He hasn't really halted the offense. He's rebounded. He's done an okay job around the rim. He's not that mobile right now with the injury. But like he's he's been he's been fine. And Thomas Bryant is not as good as him. But what Thomas Bryant is is he's the most modern big man they have on the roster. Yeah. He can he – can, move his feet a little bit. He can go out and shoot threes. Dwight Howard's not that. Yamahimi is not that. Jason Smith isn't that. And having him do that is uh, it's it's a nice little thing, knowing that I think he can be reliable. I think he should stay in the rotation when uh, whenever Dwight comes back. I think he should stay in there. I think it's interesting. Uh, who are we going to next? Let's, let's talk like the big guys because I don't think Thomas Bryant is moving the needle. Uh, <laughs> Let's go to Otto. Should we want to talk about Otto? He was he was clearly he was the guy tonight. Twenty nine, seven and four, twelve, fifteen from the field. He was hitting his threes. He was running the floor with Wall. They were they were good in transition tonight. I think especially in the mm-hmm. second half when they were getting stops. They they were energetic. They played hard tonight. I mean, the issue tonight, the all season has been effort. I did not think that was a problem tonight. Uh, what was uh, what was working for for Otto tonight? Well. I think he was extremely aggressive to to start both halves. So he, I think a guy like like Porter uh, who struggled a bit with his shot this season, even if he's shooting like thirty six percent. So like even struggling is um, is probably too much. Um, but he was aggressive. He was taking a uh, decision quickly. He was going to the basket, or he was uh, shooting right away. I mean, sometimes. 
being quick uh, with decision and being decisive is so important, especially for a team that uh, has struggled in being uh, in getting to a flow and in being being consistent on on night in and, and and night out. And I I felt that that was the main part. Uh, and he he made a few looks, if a few good looks, and he continued to making those. Um, so I think that when you have, if you have a guy like that that can be that kind, of, this kind of scorer. Um, Washington should find ways to to give him the ball and to make uh, auto makes decision um, any given night because th- they have something there and um, if you if you have three guys that can create reliably uh, it me- it makes like lives a lot uh, easier on offense for you and harder on the defenses. Yeah, I mean Otto did a really good job running the floor tonight too. I thought mm-hmm. and, you know it's 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 amazing. How much just running hard can do for you. And it's something we haven't seen that much from the Wizards this year when we see kind of one guy streaking down the floor on a fast break or guys not necessarily going back in transition when they're defending against it. Otto Porter got a lot of his buckets tonight because he just ran hard down the floor. And I know Scott Brooks called out Otto on not running hard earlier this year. I wrote a piece the next day about how I didn't really think that was true. Now, I do think Otto... Does I don't think he's been the problem this year. I really don't. I think he's. I think he's been. His effort has been pretty consistent, and he's been okay. Uh, but tonight he was. He was really effective in transition. I thought New Orleans was really not good in transition. They did a really bad job getting matched up, and mm-hmm. the Wizards just kind of outran them in a lot of ways. But Otto is creating him for himself opportunities off the ball, and yeah, I mean. He was really aggressive looking for his own shot in the first quarter. And that's the second straight game that he's done that. He was really aggressive looking for his own shot in the early in the Toronto game, too. And then they kind of got away from him. The thing that I wonder is, like, actually, I don't really wonder it. I just, I don't think Otto is ever going to be a guy to take 20 shots. It's just, he's, it's just not in his personality. Like, it's just, it's just not. Some guys don't have that to go out there and say, like, I'm taking 21 shots. But I don't think – I think Otto Porter in an ideal world, I think he's too good of a shooter to end a game 12 for 15. Like I want to see him keep shooting. And I'm not saying I want to see him put up bad shots. But with the way that he was going and the way that he was feeling it tonight, like John Wall can create more than four threes for him. And yeah. the way that – the way like yeah, New Orleans was, was pretty much staying at home on him. But – they can John Wall can find ways to create an extra corner three for Otto Porter on a night when he's feeling like that. He can. I know he can. And like those are the things that you just wish if the Wizards were to become a really, really good offense, those are the things that they would have to do to get there, you know? All right, Otto Porter, who is the last two years been a forty four percent three point shooter and a great corner three point shooter and a great catch and shoot guy and a great guy in open shots is absolutely on fire tonight. Let's get him some more shots. Like that that is a thing. And get him some more good shots, not just have him hoist up some mid range off the dribble stuff. Like let's get him another corner three. Let's do that. And there's still moments where they get away from it. And you know, you just you just wish that if they were going to get there, I'm sure they wish that they could change that stuff, you know, make some edits. Yeah, and there's no reason why T. 
two players uh, named Kelly Oubre and uh, Keith Morris should take more trees than him. Like in no team, in, like he's too good uh, as a shooter, and it's clearly better than them. And um, if they can take five trees or six trees, he should take them. Uh, he should take them uh, instead. Uh, I think that one way to to give. Especially when teams, uh, as you said, sag off wall uh, and let him open to shoot. He's big. Um, during my research, I I felt like uh, the use of post-ups uh, for wall is kind of weird. He doesn't like to do that. But I think he could generate open trees uh, for, for other guys if he's able to establish the post position. And you could do that against New Orleans because they're... Like interior defense was a mess tonight, and uh, so I wonder if that is a, is a is a little thing that Washington can try to 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 use. Like you you post up uh, either Beal, well Beal is is kind of small, but um, Wall can post up, and then find ways to to generate open trees out of out of those situations. You know, it's amazing. I, this is going to sound like such a stupid comment, but it's just it's amazing how good Anthony Davis is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you watch it, New Orleans it, it, tonight, and they just could not defend in, in no. the rim at all. Their help rotations were just so off. Yeah, I mean, they could. Uh, one other thing that really worked for Washington was how deep they they could go uh, in the paint, uh, and um, they basically got whatever they wanted there. And that's why I was so uh, confused by, and I remember you um, writing and talking about this: how many shots early in the clock Washington takes, how many ill-advised pull-up shots they take, especially against a defense uh, that allows you to do whatever you want. Um, that thing, I, I really uh, don't know why they keep going into this, like uh, 18, 20 footers with 18 or 15 um, seconds uh, in the clock. Um, it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah. It is, but I, it's just like a bread and butter thing. They're better at it than they used to be. But mm-hmm. It is. Do you, you want to hear a fun, a fun stat? Mm-hmm. This is great. This is awesome. Uh, I spoke to Austin Rivers about this stat tonight, and I'm going to write something about it. I don't know, probably Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin Rivers has attempted 122 field goals this year. Okay. How many mid-range shots do you think he's taken? Uh, seven. Zero. Wow. Mm-hmm. Zero. That's... So everything is paint or three? Everything is paint or three. Yep. Every wow. single shot that he has taken is either in the paint or in threes. He's taken 36 shots at the restricted area, 21 shots in the paint, non-restricted area. So that's basically Mm -hmm. like floaters and stuff. Um, He's taken five left corner threes, five right corner threes, and 55 threes above the break. Wow. Like any about that from Austin Rivers? If he's doing it, like everyone else should. Like we know that Austin Schultz selection wasn't like particularly disciplined uh, back in uh, in Los Angeles. So if he can do that. Shot selection in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, look, he has not been good for them, and he was—he he, looked—he was very good tonight. The reason I bring this up is because when the shots are going in, he's going to be—and he's not a guy who gets to the line much, so mm. he needs perfect shot of it. Like he—he he needs, and he made a good percentage of his threes the last couple of years, but he needs great shot selection in order to be efficient. 
But when the shots yeah. go in, this is what you're going to get from Austin Rivers. 18 points on 11 shots. And yeah, only one free yeah. throw attempt. But he was, he's, he's going to be efficient because he's taking layups. He's not taking dunks because Austin Rivers never dunks. He's taking layups and he's taking threes. And that's going to be it. I think it's super interesting. I'll give a little teaser. I'm not going to tell the whole reasoning behind why he does this. And uh, the little teaser is that it's not purely because of analytics. Uh, He told me, watch, at the end of the year, I'll have taken hundreds of shots. And only one or two are going to have been from mid-range. I was like, okay. He said, they're they're both just going to be like end of the shot clock ones that I put up. But it's not only because of analytics. But I'm not okay. going to give it away on the podcast because I want people to read the story when it comes out later this week. It is interesting. And he can, was can, good tonight. He defended well tonight, too. Very well, I thought. Can I make um, a guess? or Please, guess guess away, but I'm not going to tell you if you're right. Um, is it a bet? It's not a bet. It's not a bet. Oh. There's an actual basketball reason. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, do, do you want to hear, like, the weirdest, uh, like – Meaningless stats of the night. Yes. Um, New Orleans scored 34 and 34 the first two quarter, and then 23 and 23 the the, the last two. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> it's super weird. So like, wonderfully symmetrical. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, it's not the perfect symmetry. Uh, like 34, 23, 23, 34 would have been better, but I mean. Uh, perfection is not of this word. So, how how uh, how tight was the defense in the second half, though? No, it it was, and um, I felt like New Orleans missed a few good look good looks, but like not much more. Um, they were they let Mirotic open um, too much. Uh, I felt throughout the game, but yeah. except for that. They really tighten up uh, the defense, and uh, Orleans, they were aggressive. In New Orleans' defense, though, or in the Wizards' defense, I should say, New Orleans did a really good job setting flare screens for Miritich. Like, yes, like they do a really good job of getting those, and that's a that's an Alvin Gentry staple right there. But they did a really good job of setting those at the last second, and you know you'll see Miritich, and you're like, how do you get so open? And the reason why is because some defender gets totally blindsided as Miritich is venturing out to you know the the left wing. That's a big yeah. reason why they, Th- they do a great job of that. Surely, uh, and and again, you you need you, you in the end. You are not going to be perfect in the defense, um, but I, I felt like the, the energy level was completely different. They were aggressive on ball handlers, and New Orleans has like not the best ball handlers I would say uh, in the league. Uh, Holiday is good, but he's not like uh, a crafty handler like I don't know Kyrie or uh, it's not in that league. Uh, it's a very good player, but if you press him uh, like they did, you can get something good out of it. And they were disciplined. They they did the right the right things. They looked like a basketball team in the second half, uh, a good basketball team in the second half. And so um, this is clearly uh, a blueprint of what they should do on any given night. I think. Um, granted, it wasn't uh, a full um, Pelicans team, as we said, but you should beat the. the Average to bad teams, and if you play this way, they have everything to do that. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, look, they they got production from from across the board. Julius Randle is good as hell, by the way. He was so good tonight. Oh my god, he was Julius Randle. Wow, I didn't realize this was what he finished with. He finished with twenty nine, fifteen, and seven. Twenty nine yeah. on, on on sixteen shots. He was so good tonight. He was getting to the rim. He was unbelievable as a pick and roll guy. Like he's so good at finding in the pick and roll, so good at finding open creases. Like mm-hmm. some guys are just good in the pick and roll because they're big and they roll hard and they just go straight at the rim, you know? And Julius Randle is a very big dude. Like he's wide as hell. But that's not the reason he's good in pick and roll. He's good in pick and roll because when he rolls, like He's gotten he's gotten really smart when he's in those plays. You'll see him like roll, and he won't just go straight to the rim. He might duck like over to the block because he sees there's like an opening there. And he'll get it there, and he'll just throw up like a you know a little three foot floater off the glass and in, as opposed to just going straight to the rim and trying to dunk it or go up and try to get fouled or something like that. Like he's he's very very um, particular and meticulous. In the way that he goes about those things, his game has just become pretty refined. He, he's, I, I think he's legit. Like I think he's, he's, he's good. He's real good. He is. Um, on one end, uh, the other. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's not. He's like a, he's a really good offensive player though, and he's a really good rebounder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not. Um, it's not just his offense. I think he. He can create for others, but man, the defense side, the defensive side is is not great. But I mean, uh, if he was great defensively, he would have been like an all star uh, by now, probably. If he was great defensively, he'd be close to a max guy. Yeah, yeah, surely. I mean, you, you want those guys, the guys that can like make shots, uh, not consistently, but he can hit trees. Uh, he can pass it. He's a great rebounder. Um, yeah, but defensively, uh, not so much. Um, I had something in mind. Oh, the lefty, uh, um, the, 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 the top. Oh, the, the most, <laughs> most left handed guys? Yeah, that was funny. Julius Randle is so left handed. Well, we had two, we had arguably. Number one and two in the NBA. I think Thaddeus Young is the most lefty guy in the NBA. Thaddeus Young. Yeah. Like, and I think you can argue that the two most lefty guys in the NBA are both on the Pacers in Thaddeus Young and DeMontis Sabonis. Although, yeah, but Domas is trying to use the right hand. I know. I know. He's better. He's, he's fallen off in the lefty power rankings. He can't be number one. And Thad has been doing this. Thad's been in the league since like 1863. And still has not used his right hand for one layup. I, I'm, I wonder why Domas is doing that. I mean, isn't he? Isn't he aware that we have this ranking? Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. should. He should really try to perform well. Hey, Domas is really good, though. But in, yeah. in in this game, yeah, two of them. I mean, Julius Randle is such a lefty, and Kelly Oubre, lefty yeah. all the way. He only uses his left hand. Wall was good tonight. He got a good Wall game. Actually, you know what? Before we talk Wall, um, Bradley Beal played 45 minutes. Yeah, he was there. Like, no staggering tonight. Yeah, uh, it was just Bradley Beal the whole second half. I mean, Scott Brooks yeah. was like openly after the game. was just like, I wanted to win this game. I thought we had to win this game. I wanted to win this game. I'm like, yeah. It yeah. His rotations the last couple of nights have been a little weird. Like, Bradley Beal for 45 minutes is... A lot on the second on, night of a back to back. Exactly. Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, 
am I mistaken or against Toronto they like Brooks didn't stagger them and for at least a, a portion of the second quarter and yeah, it went, he used, he used he went, Porter went for so part of the bench, bad. right? Yeah, and like I don't like that. Uh, you have two great ball handlers or guys that can create. You should get at least one of them always on the court. Um, but like not this way, <laughs> like not playing field 45 minutes because um, it's um, it was too much. Uh, I don't know how many uh, days uh, Washington has before the next game. They play uh, on Monday. They got a third. They got Houston. They got Houston Monday, and then they play at New Orleans on Wednesday. Yeah, so it's not like um, it's not like they have three days off or something. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, uh, hopefully, uh, Bill will uh, recover well enough. But yeah, I mean, I agree on Wall. He was um, good, except for the thing that I was mentioning before. But those are probably never going away. Uh, those early mid-range shot uh, from the dribble or early threes from the dribble when you can actually create other stuff and there's no need uh, to take those kinds of shots. But apart from that, I thought, and the free throw, that it's particularly weird. Um, he had a he had a good game. He was engaged in the second half, and that makes a difference. Yeah, the free throws tonight were weird in general. Beal was 3 for 7 and Wall was 5 for 10, so they were, what, 8 for 17, which is... Really yeah, Wall, Wall just not becoming a good free throw shooter is a weird trend. And I don't know what to make of it. And Russell Westbrook has done a similar thing. Like, I, I don't know why percentages would just, like, fall off. But it mm. seems to have happened in more than one place with an all-star point guard. Uh, Wall was good tonight, though. thought he prodded mm. well. I thought he... There are a lot of times where he does not take what the defense gives him. I thought he did tonight. He took advantage of... I thought he could have gotten to the line a few more times. I'm certain he would agree with me on that. Um, I thought he did. I thought he did a good job running the offense tonight. Yeah, there were definitely some times where he could have gotten, you know, could have found Porter some more, or could have done some other stuff. But overall, like I thought he did. A, there are a couple times where he, there was like weird recognition, like you know, like he'd he'd run pick and roll with Jeff Green and would get Randall on him. And like there was one, there's one possession where he runs pick and roll with Jeff Green. He gets Randall on him, and Drew Holiday switches onto Jeff Green. And he tosses into Jeff Green in the post. It's like Drew Holiday's an all defense guy who's going to fight the hell out of Jeff Green in the post. Like I don't yeah. want Jeff Green post up. And then New Orleans messed up defensively. We were just talking about how Randall is not a defender. Well, Randall then with Jeff Green posting on on uh, on holiday Randall then helps off of wall to double team Jeff Green for some reason and Jeff Green kicks out the wall gets a wide open spot up three and makes it and it's like it's like that was horrible offense and it led to a wide open spot up catch and shoot three like it was terrible and it just encouraged the bad behavior and so there were there were some moments like that but New Orleans's defense was just so off tonight that like yeah. it didn't really matter and i thought on the whole wall was really good i thought this was one of his better games of the year and uh you know the numbers showed it he was plus 13 too yeah uh, i agree i mean uh again those choices on defense can like if i were um a coach I probably die on those. Like, how do you double <laughs> Jeff Green in the post when you have an all when when he's being defended by a guy who literally made all defense last year, like and deservingly are, so? 
there are probably four to five guys that you should double in the entire league in the post. <laughs> so, and Jeff Green is not like nearly in the top 50 of those li- of that list. So I, I don't really know how in the, how can you think about doubling, um, Jeff Green in the post? But anyway. Yeah. Like, it's, it's good. It's good for Washington though. Yes. It was very good for Washington. Uh, we got anything else? I think we're good. Yeah, I mean, to well, maybe just um, can I hate a bit on Kelly Oubre on one end and Gosh on the other? I mean, I thought part of the reason why Washington got away with this win was uh, him, he playing the passing lane like he did in the second half. He was very active. Uh, But on offense, I really don't know uh, the value of Oubre yet. He, He takes very ill advised shots. And he never uh, passes. He never passes, and like I feel like um, we we discussed this uh, early in the, um, like before the season about the fact that you should try to use uh, Porter less as a as a screener, even if even if he's really good at it, because you need to create more looks for him and try to use Uber for um, for that, but. Like I, I don't. I feel like uh, having the ball a little bit less on Uber's hand would be beneficial for Washington. On the other hand, you never know how and when a player like that, like a young player, will click. Because if he clicks, if he can replicate the good things on defense and be some somehow consistent on offense, Washington has a great player. If not, uh, I don't know. Like the consistency in taking bad shot is kind of uh, worrisome for me. 1.2 assists per 36 minutes. Not great. It's TJ Warren territory. Um, which TJ, I TJ Warren territory is a is a great name. <laughs> and he's going. He's getting better uh, because of Kokoshkov uh, this year. But um, yeah, it's TJ Warren territory for me. Yeah, I mean, that's, he's got 16 assists in 19 games. It's, yeah, it's just. It's not what you want to see, especially from a guy like, you know, if he was shooting 36% from three, it would be a little different. He's 28% from three right now. And you know what? You cut out that that hot start that he had last year. He got up to mm-hmm. he shot 34% on the year from three last year, which is, you know, it's not great, but it's 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 doable. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. you can justify chucking up threes when you're at 34%. But yeah, yeah, well, ne- yes, no, I don't know. Thirty-four. You can you can justify taking trees sure. uh, when you're you can open. Taking. But he was first first half of the year. He was like thirty-eight percent or something like that. You take mm-hmm. away that first half when he was hot, and for his and you for his entire career, he's a twenty-nine percent three-point shooter. Yeah. Like you wonder, people, people, myself included, have referred to the second half of last year and the beginning of this year as Kelly Oubre being in a shooting slump. That might not be the case. He might not be in a shooting slump. He might yeah. have just been on a random hot streak to begin last season. Um, we should look back into the quality to have a better uh, idea of that. Like how, which kind of shots he, he was taking uh, in the first part of last season. Um, because, like, if you ha- if you are efficient with, with this shot selection, it means you are an extremely good shooter. Um, and I don't think like uh, you should be like a forty plus three point shooter to take the threes that he's taking. 
and the shots that he's taking. And that's that to me is not the case. I think he should be really more disciplined in how, in which shot he starts with, uh, because that is important for non shooters. Like, take a corner tree, an open corner tree to start the game. Um, take a few of those, and then if you really, if you are really hot, then you can do a hit check or two, but not the way the other way around. Don't you wish you could just remove his brain and put it in Otto Porter's head? Just um, just to see just to see look, Otto Porter's a very smart player, but just to see what Otto Porter would be like if he was like, I am going to take twenty two shots today. <laughs> well yeah. he, he might he might hit nine threes. Yeah. No, I mean Definitely. Otto should take six or more trees per game as an average. Uh, I don't know how how much he's taking um, from the top of my head, but I'm like between six and seven would be uh, even even above if he's willing. But that number should be at least something that um, Washington tries to do for him. Otto Porter's um, taking three point eight. He's taking three point eight trees a game. By the way. That's yeah. way too much. It's yeah. and it's less than last. It's less than last year and less than two seasons ago. The trend should should really change with him. Yeah. All right, uh, plug your stuff before we go. Um, I might do something related to trees uh, in the future. I don't know. I I do podcasts uh, with Fred and with my friend at Down to Dunk um, covering OPC and. Again, stay tuned, stay in touch for uh, some new research on shooting, passing, and related stuff. Um, who knows for whom and who knows when. And Michele is too modest to say it, but he does some unbelievable stats work over at his company, Chartside. Um, it's re- really interesting stuff, the stuff that he does. If you haven't ever read it, about two – come out two months – no, one month ago. I released yeah, a story on The Athletic. You can find it in my author page on The Athletic, which is just like if you open up one of my stories on The Athletic and you're a subscriber, click on my name where it says The Byline by Fred Katz. You click on my name there. You can scroll back. It came out the end of October. It was a piece about three-point shooting. Uh, the, the cover photo is of LeBron James. And it was about three-point shooting and how pass accuracy affects subsequent three-point shots on catch-and-shoot situations. And... Uh, it got positive feedback uh, purely because the research for it was awesome, and Michele did the research for it, and I just laid it out. So uh, you can check that out and kind of see the super, super interesting stuff that he does. And you can follow him on Twitter. He tweets a lot about the Thunder. But you can follow him <laughs> about tw- on Twitter uh, at Mikey Barra, M-I-K-Y-B-E-R-R-A. Uh, anything else I forgot? No. He uh, did extremely well. And you wrote a great piece, so then the quotes were amazing. So you should really read it. Well, when you interview Austin Rivers, the quotes tend to be good. So you can look out for that Austin Rivers piece that will come out at some point. I may or may not write something on Otto Porter. Maybe I'll wait for – see if he has a third big first quarter, and then I'll see if I'm going to write something. But I'll write that Austin Rivers piece at some point coming out. Uh, I got a couple other pieces in the works for this week, one that I'm pretty excited about. I think it's going to be really interesting. So, um, yeah. I will be back. When am I back? I'm back on Monday. They play Houston. I'll be back after that game with a guest. I will talk to you guys then.